Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The podcast is about to begin. Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. Robotica here again. I want to ask the Ouija board a question. Do Ouija board, will artificial intelligence take over the world, making mankind kneel at our circuit boards, resulting in the elimination of the human race? Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 77 of the Graveyard Grumbler podcast. I'm your host, Tina Romero Jr., a.k.a. The Graveyard Grumbler. Today's episode, if you might not have gotten the hints at the intro, which was a very bizarre intro, by the way, I did not give Robotica permission to come back, but she's back. Huh. Today's episode is about the Ouija board. This topic or this episode suggestion comes from Toronto, from our friend Sarah. Sarah from Toronto. Thank you for suggesting this episode. I really appreciate it. I actually didn't know very much about the Ouija board. I just knew that if I looked at it, I was going to be possessed and go to hell. So I just stayed away from it. It's better to be safe than sorry. I mean, I don't want to take chances. I've looked at, I've watched a lot of horror movies and I know exactly what happens. So buckle in, turn off the lights, turn on some candles and let's get into the episode, shall we? I think we should. How was the Ouija board created? That's what I want to know. I figured that it was constructed from the, from the death stones and bones of the wicked and the dead from the beginning of time. No, it wasn't. This is actually how it was created. In February 1891, the first few advertisements started appearing in papers. Quote, Ouija, the wonderful talking board, end quote, boomed a Pittsburgh toy a novelty shop describing a magical device that answered questions about the past, present, and future with marvelous, marvelous accuracy and promised never-failing amusement and recreation for all the classes, a link between the known and unknown, the material and immaterial. Another advertisement in New York paper declared it interesting and mysterious and testified as proven at, at patent office before it was allowed. Price was only $1.50. So initially, the Ouija board was brought up as a game. It, it, was, it was a filler game. Or I don't know if it was a filler game, but it wanted to spark people's curiosities and interest. So when you just drop something out like that out of the blue, people automatically see that and say, damn, I wonder what this is. I mean, so many people I want to talk to because I don't know them anymore and they're dead. So why not try and get this board? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The more interesting part of the of this of this whole uh, uh, article that I just read is that it was only selling for a dollar fifty. I don't think you can get even the blanket for a dollar fifty. I'm not sure how much the Ouija. I think Ouija boards are like twenty something bucks now, but a dollar fifty. Jesus, Christmas trees in June. So the real history of the Ouija board is about as mysterious as the game. Ouija historian Robert Murch has been researching the story of the board since 1992. When he started his research, he says no one really knew anything about its origins, which struck him as odd. For such an iconic thing that strikes both fear and wonder in American culture, how can no one know where it came from? All right, hold on, pause. Number one, this is, this is a game that has, it has direct links, or not, I shouldn't say direct links, but it has direct correlation, and it is directly well, not directly. I keep saying directly. It goes hand in hand with evil, the devil, and the occult. And even though the original meaning or the original put out was for just as a game, just but as but okay, it, it was just it was just put out as as a game to have fun. However, no one knows the exact origins of the freaking board. I don't know about you, but that's already strike number one. And when the, the person who's researching the origins and history of the Ouija board has no idea where the history and origins even started or how it even first came about, that's already a red flag for me right there. I'm not going to keep messing around with something that has no beginning. They just, it, it, boy, I tell you. So 
when when I started this article, it, it, my whole purpose was thinking, yo, this is going to tell you that the Ouija board is cool and you can actually put one and have some Ouija board wallpaper, right? Yeah, I mean, who doesn't want Ouija board wallpaper? Fun all the time, all every day? No, when the the person who does the research can't find how it first was created, that no, it's not going to happen. I'm, it, that's already a strike. I, I'm not. It's not happening. The Ouija board, in fact, came straight out of the American 19th century obsession with spiritualism, the belief that the dead are able to communicate with the living. Spiritualism, which had been around for years in Europe, hit America hard in 1848 with the sudden prominence of the Fox sisters of upstate New York. The Foxes claimed to receive messages from spirits who rapped on the walls to answer in answer <laughs> who rapped on the walls in answer to questions recreating this feat of channeling in parlors across the state. So the Fox sisters already started upping the creepiness, saying that, yo, you can definitely talk to spiritual. It's all spiritualism. It's all good. We're having fun, 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 until daddy took the T-bird away. No, when someone is rapping at my chamber doors, or in this case, rapping on the walls to answer questions, that's not a game I want to invite into my home. Yeah, I know that over the years, especially with with the boom, <laughs> I shouldn't say that, with the with the growing culture of religion, how a lot of simple things that weren't meant to be created or thought of as demonic, creepy, or evil turned out to be just that by the creation of religion. I'm not. I'm not saying that religion is solely to blame for this. Not at all. But with every good, you have to have an evil. It just can't be neutral ground. With spiritualism, that was actually one thing that people wanted to do was have an equal ground saying, yo, just because you talk to spirits doesn't mean you're summoning the devil. It doesn't mean that we are having a devil worshiping party and every evil demon is invited. No, instead, what it was is that they wanted to try to reach the spirits of, of the, uh, in, in the further. It's up to you to decide, is that a good idea or a bad idea? Me, personally, look, okay, I understand that death is a horrible thing. I'm not, I should, it's not a horrible thing. It, it, death is, a, is part of life. However, me, personally, I see it as, yo, that person ha- is no longer around and has passed and, or crossed over or however idea you want to think about it. Let's just leave them there and let them rest in peace like the whole RIP stands for. Or, you know, some people say rest in paradise. But if you're resting in peace, let homeboy or homegirl rest in peace. We don't need to summon its spirits just to have one more talk with them. You know what I mean? Out of curiosity, I can understand playing the game. If you're curious 1,000% to see if it's a real thing and you're, you're doing this to find out if whatever's happening is happening is, is legitimate, you know, and, and it's not... Hold on, I, I just I'm I'm taking the muddy version of this. I'm, we're going off road right now. Okay, let, let let me try to reset this. So if you're using the Ouija board out of curiosity and and fun, then hey, see if a spirit's going to talk to you. But if you're doing it intentionally to bring back someone who has passed on, I, I just kind of seen that as as a little as a little little selfish, a little different. But hey, everyone's their own own thing. You know, if if you feel like you need that closure, hey, Ouija board away. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Just my personal opinion and my personal views. Let's keep going. Aided by the stories about the celebrity sisters and other spiritualists in the new national press, spiritualism reached millions of adherents at its peak in the second half of the 19th century. Spiritualism worked for Americans. It was compatible with Christian dogma, meaning one could hold a seance on Saturday night and have no qualms about going to church the next day. It was an acceptable, even wholesome activity to contact spirits at seances through atomic, automatic, oh, sorry, through automatic writing or table-turning parties, in which participants would place their hand on a small table and watch begin to shake and rattle while they all declared that they weren't moving it. So, hold on, wait a minute. This just blew my goddamn mind. You're telling me that it was perfectly okay back in the early, in, in, the, in the second half of the 19th century that you can go have a seance on a Saturday and go to church with, with the homeboys or, 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 the, or the fellow pastors and bishops on Sunday and be perfectly okay with that. When did when did all of all this change and say, yo, the the we should no longer have seances. The seances is no longer allowed in our modern Christian views. 
if you're if if the same if the very people that you're breaking bread with, literally breaking bread with, and and reading uh, hymn notes and singings and sitting in the background, Alleluia, 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 and then just the night before you were holding seances, when did that change? That's some badass shit, if you ask me. Again, why demonize? No pun intended. Why demonize shit when there's no reason to demonize it? It all depends on how the move. It's, it's all a movement. What takes off in the movement? But what I want to know, what's a table-turning party? Now, what that means in my head is that you're, you're straight scratching on, on the record. You know, what we're, oh, that's a turntable. Never mind. Let's cancel that. Let's leave that one out. My bad. My bad. The movement also offered solace in an era when the average lifespan was less than 50. Women died in childbirth, children died of disease, and men died in war. Even Mary Todd Lincoln, wife of the venerable... venerable president conducted seances in the white house after their 11 year old son died of a fever in 1862 during the civil war oh sorry in uh, 1862 during the civil war spiritualism gained adherence in droves people desperate to connect with loved ones who'd gone away to war and never come home i get it you know you just want to say goodbye one more time, especially with the postal service back then. You don't know if you're going to get a note. <laughs> you know, the, the, I, I don't know if their postal service was as accurate as ours now today. I, I wouldn't think so. I mean, why else would you want to contact somebody in the, in the, in the past, you know, in the further. So what, what question, what burning question do you have regarding the Ouija board? My number one thing is, is the Ouija board evil? How did it become evil and why is it such a horrible thing for people to use? And number two, why are people so scared to use the Ouija board? You know, okay, I am not a religious person. I've mentioned this before several, several times. I am atheist, 100%. However, growing up Catholic and hearing these weird, crazy, nutbag stories of family members being possessed, evil things occurring, and then watching these cult classic films, you know, uh, reassuring that that paranoia that Ouija boards are evil. You don't want to be near a Ouija board. That's why I don't use it. I still have that shit pressed in the back of my mind by my Catholic mother being raised in a Catholic home and saying that every single thing is going to kill you because it's evil. That is the main reason why I don't mess with the Ouija board. Boy, I tell you. So is the Ouija board evil? Let's figure that out. Since early in the Ouija board's history, it has been criticized by several Christian denominations. The Catholic Church in the Catechism, in the Catechism of the Catholic Church in paragraph 2116 explicitly forbids any practice of divination, which includes the usage of Ouija boards, exclamation mark. Do not, I repeat. Do not touch that Ouija board if you're a Catholic. Also, Catholic answers a Roman Catholic Christian apologetics or, or, oh shit. A Roman Catholic Christian apologetics organization states that, quote, the Ouija board is far from harmless as it is a form of divination seeking information from supernatural sources. End quote. See, see that, see, 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 that is where I, I, I've always learned and always, always understood the difference between occultism and, and, uh, religion. Religion wants you to, to have your faith in, in the God almighty or Jesus, you know, Jesus, Lord, savior, and whatever things that are praised and, and, and so, and turn to from faith. But if you're straying away from the norm and you are seeking stuff in a supernatural sense, you wouldn't have, I guess, the same fortune or luck as if you were seeking. Okay, but I, w- w- wait, hold on. So if it's not supernatural forces, wouldn't wouldn't uh, praying to God and Jesus be supernatural forces as well? So was is there like a is there like a guideline on on which was on which which is and which isn't? If you have that answer for me, please send me an email, graveyardgrumbler at mail.com, or you can hit me on Instagram, Graveyard Grumbler Podcast, or Podbean, Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. I no longer have a Facebook. It is gone. So I don't know that. I don't know if there's a certain supernatural guideline to where you're not, you're able to reach out to God. I mean, that's supernatural uh, entity forces, or, oh, and only stick to that one. Or do you, oh, hold, on, hold on, I confused myself. <laughs> 
So according to religion, are you only supposed to uh, seek help from the religious supernatural forces and no other outside supernatural forces? That's that's my question. That's what I'm not sure because aren't both of them supernatural forces? I don't know. Let, let's continue. Catholic bishop in Micronesia called for the boards to be banned and warned congregations that they were talking to demons when using Ouija boards. In a pastoral letter, the Dutch Reformed Churches encouraged its communicates to communicants to avoid Ouija boards as it is a practice, quote, e re, quote, related to the occult, end quote. The Wisconsin Evan, Evan I can never say this word, even evangel, evangelical, <laughs> evangelical, evangelical, Lutheran Synod also forbids its faithful from using Ouija boards as it teaches that such would be a violation of the Ten Commandments. When I was a wee little lad, I actually knew all the Ten Commandments when I went through catechism. It was part of the curriculum and activity I had to do to pass it, which I, I didn't understand why I, had, why I had to pass catechism when I was a little kid. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. I just knew that I went in there, sang some songs, like Peter built the church on the top of our faith or on the top of our rock or some shit like that. And, and I had to learn the Ten Commandments and swear that I was never going to uh, uh, violate the Ten Commandments. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure I violated like half of them <laughs> just in high school alone. <laughs> <laughs> in 2001, Ouija boards were burnt in Alamogordo, New Mexico by fundamentalist fundamentalist group alongside Harry Potter books as symbols of witchcraft. <laughs> Religious criticism has also <laughs> hold on, I'm sorry. Let me let, let me touch on that real quick. Ouija boards were born were burned in New Mexico alongside Harry Potter books as symbols of witchcraft. Oh, Jesus Christ. If they actually watched the the movie Harry Potter and quit being caught up in that silly shit, they would realize that Harry Potter the Harry Potter movies were amazing, excellent movies. Those movies were just badass. And I never liked magical movies. Those movies are really good. Don't burn the books. That's ridiculous. Why would why would you spend your money and burn them because you don't want? Just give them away. Get get the devil's work out of your out of your head. Here's okay. Now stop me. If, okay, now hear me out. I might be crazy on this one. If you're going to burn the books of Harry Potter because they are related to witchcraft, but you still keep your TV, your cable, and every other movie that has actual dip, dip, depictions of witchcraft and Satanism, wouldn't you want to burn all that too? No? Just me because it costs more than the books? <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Religious criticism has also expressed beliefs that Ouija board revels information which only which should only be in God's hands, and thus it is a tool of Satan. That sounds like a little greed to me. So you can't play with the Ouija board and get answers from someone else other than God because God is the, all, you know, the all-knowing, and Satan is a tool. <laughs> no. and, thus, and thus it is a tool of Satan. So, religious criticism has also expressed beliefs that the Ouija board revels information, or sorry, reveals, I apo my apologies, see, see what happens when I type when I'm tired? So, uh, so, religious criticism has also expressed beliefs that the Ouija board reveals information which, only, which should only be in God's hands, and thus it is a tool of Satan. So, whatever the Ouija board is supposed to tell you, that information is top secret classified. Like, you can only have like top secret Navy clearance and, and classified badges in order to have this information that, that the Satan or excuse me, that the Ouija board is giving you. If you don't have top Navy base, top secret clearance to even hear this information, it's all bad. You're doomed and you are going to burn in hell for eternity forever. I don't believe it. I, I don't. I don't believe shit like that. I mean, it, it, if the if the information is there, and you're you have you you have you know availability or you have access to it, why not figure out what you want from it? That's just my curious. I mean, how strong is the Ouija board? I, I believe the Ouija board is as strong as you make it out to be. You know, that's that's what I believe. May not be real. May not be real. Who knows? So. Let's continue. A, a spokesperson for Human Life International describes the boards as a portal to talk to spirits and called for Hasbro to be prohibited from marketing them. 
Habril, by the way, is the creator of uh, the Ouija boards. These religious these religious objections to use to use of the what the hell these religious objections to use the Ouija board have in turn given given rise to ostention type folklore in the communities where they circulate. Cautionary tales that the board opens a door to evil spirits turn the game into the subject of a supernatural dare, especially for young people. You know, when you when you fight so hard to to demonize something, the only thing you do is make it more and more popular. It, no matter no matter how much dirt is talked to you on by your name, you're still gonna people are still gonna be interested and find out who you are. So the more you demonize something, the more the the rebels are gonna go out and seek to try to use it intentionally for that reason. Just, I mean, it might be you know, it might be for legitimate curiosity, or it might be just to spite people who demonize and damn the use of such board. Me, you know, just do what you want to do as long as it's not hurting anybody. Yeah, that, that's just my, I don't know, just people need to chill out. In 1921, the New York Times reported that a Chicago, a Chicago woman being sent to a psychiatrist's hospital tried to explain to doctors that she wasn't suffering from mania, but that Ouija spirits had told her to leave her mother's dead body in the living room for 15 days before burying it in the backyard. What the hell? So a Chicago woman that was sent to a psychiatric hospital tried to explain to the doctors that she wasn't crazy. She was not suffering from mania, but that Ouija spirits told her to leave her mother's dead body in the living room for 15 days before burying it in the backyard. I'll let you, I'll let my wonderful listeners do with that information what they want. I don't think it's Ouija spirits at that point, lady. I think there's something a little more intense that you need help for. I mean, but to leave a body for 15 days because the Ouija spirits told you to leave it there? Oh, nah, that, that's a little, uh, no, pause. You can't do that. In 1930, newspaper re- readers thrilled to accounts of two women in Buffalo, New York, who muttered, who murdered another woman, supposedly on the encouragement of Ouija board messages. Jesus Christmas. So two women in Buffalo, New York, killed another woman because of encouragement of the Ouija board. What kind of Ouija board are they playing? I don't think we, they have that version at Walmart anymore. I think that might be one of the original versions of the game. <laughs> in 1941, a 23-year-old gas station attendant from New Jersey told the New York Times that he joined the Army because the Ouija board told him to. No Ouija board is going to tell me to join the military, especially if not in the 40s. That's that's all bad. All kinds of bad. The Ouija board duped you, homeboy. I think that was the I think that Ouija board that you had was the Uncle Sam version of the Ouija board. That's why you joined the military. I don't think they made those <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not I'm not sure what how how is this even controlled? What possesses the Ouija board if it is possessed or if it's not possessed to give you the answers that that that, that, that the answers come out that you get that you receive is it legitimately something that is supernaturally powered or is there something else explaining it i mean it doesn't take batteries so it can't be battery uh, drainage hmm. in 1958 a connecticut court decided not to honor the ouija board will of mrs helen doe peck who left only 1,000 to two former servants and an insane 152 to Mr. John Gale Forbes, a lucky but bodiless spirit who'd contacted her via the Ouija board. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, that that's insane. And not, I'm not, I'm not talking, I'm not saying insane as, as a demeaning way. What? So what do you think that for all my listeners? What do you think is the meaning or is the reasoning behind such crazy received messages? I mean, is there is there an imbalance? Is there a mental instability to begin with for for these outlandish messages to be received, or are they legitimate messages being sent from from the beyond? I mean, for a, a, a spirit by the name of John Gale Forbes to be awarded one hundred fifty two thousand dollars from someone who passed away—that's nuts. I mean, how do you even go about receiving that? I mean, 
does, does the, so did Mr. Forbes slide into the Ouija DMs and be like, hey, yo, girl, how you doing? You know you have money, right? I don't. Give me the money. <laughs> I mean, is there is there a Ouija DM? Is there a Ouija board DM that I don't know about? I wonder. I'm not getting one because I'm not going to check mine. I don't think I want to know. Before before someone to leave a spirit, one hundred fifty two thousand dollars just seems nuts. Am I right, or am I just overreacting at thought of a spirit getting one hundred fifty two thousand dollars? Jeez, I, I crazy. The exorcist scared the pants off people in, people in theaters with all that pea soup and head spinning and supposedly based on true story business. And the implication that 12-year-old Reagan was possessed by a demon after playing with the Ouija board herself changed how people saw the board. So around the 70s when the exorcism came out, which, okay, I'm going to be quite honest with you. When I was a young kid, the Ouija board, growing up in Catholic, I mean not the Ouija board, but growing up in a Catholic home, we heard of evil demons and spirits and people being possessed all the time. I mean, it was like an occurrence where where my aunts on my, well, when my mom's family, my mom's side of, of the aunts would come over and discuss things that have occurred in, in, in you know, certain parts of the family. And I, there were several discussions and several conversations about individuals being possessed by by the devil or by demons. So when we heard about this, that just kind of sticks in a young child's mind. So, I mean, I was born in 81, and the movie came out in the 70s sometime. I don't know exactly what year in the 70s. So when I was old enough to watch it, which was in about the early 90s, so I was about 10, 11, maybe 12 years old, when I first watched The Exorcist, it absolutely scared the shit out of me. Not as bad as the original Nightmare on Elm Street. However, the movie was right next to it. The, the, those two movies are probably one of the worst movies I've ever watched in my entire life. And it wasn't because of the vomiting. It wasn't because of, of anything other than the, the, the relation and actually seeing what I've heard my family talk about. So now you throw, that, you throw that bug into people's ears. And of course, the mind is going to work in mysterious ways. And it's going to over-exaggerate and exacerbate your already feared, your, your already intense fears by a million so when you so when you watch the movie and Reagan is playing with with the with the Ouija board up in her attic, and boom, just she gets possessed, and all of a sudden all this crazy shit starts happening. You start getting extremely scared and fearing things that weren't such a big deal to you before, because now you can visual you have a visualization and and, a, and somewhat of a confirmation what you kind of thought of and you were afraid of. So we can honestly blame or thank whatever you which one you want to do thank or blame the exorcist for single-handedly creating the, or causing the ouija board to be one of the most feared and scared games to ever use almost overnight ouija became a tool of the devil devil and for that reason a tool of horror writers and movie makers it hold on damn i'm messing up Almost overnight, Ouija board became a tool of the devil, and for that reason, a tool of horror writers, and for that, a tool for horror writers and movie makers, it began popping up in scary movies everywhere, usually opening the door to evil spirits, hell-bent on ripping apart co-eds. We can, we can honestly thank, again, thank or not thank, the exorcist for single-handedly causing this to be a cult legend. And making it to where now if you play with the Ouija board, you, the only reason why you're playing with it is to summon demons and welcome the possession and for you to get jacked up by these evil, by these evil things. So, again, you be the judge. Do you want to thank the exorcist for this or do you, damn you, exorcist, I actually want to have a Ouija board party without the demons in possession. You know, I like the, the Tupperware parties. <sighs> Yeah, I, I mean, again, the movies are a strong thing to to relate crazy shit to. So, I, I mean, high five. It's a great, I mean, with, with unintentionally, Hasbro had the perfect marketing scheme without even trying to have the perfect market marketing scheme. He had one of the scariest films of that, of that era glorify the use of the Ouija board. Like, without the Ouija board... None of the Exorcist movie would have happened. Reagan would not have been spider crawling backwards down the steps, which was a terrifying scene for a young child, by the way. You, the, 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 
crawling downstairs upside down and then vomiting was it was it was crazy. So okay, anyone who hasn't watched The Exorcist, go watch that movie with an open mind. It's a great film. The graphics is the 70s, so it's kind of rough. But however, the the film it's a great film. You should just check it out. So how does the Ouija board actually work? What is what makes the Ouija board Ouija? <laughs> <That's it. laughs> I'm sorry, I'll be here all week. But is there a certain science behind it, or is it legitimately an a paranormal response or a supernatural response that's making or causing or giving you these answers. What makes it works? What makes it work? What makes it work? Ouija boards are not, scientists say, powered by spirits or even demons. Disappointing, but also potentially useful because they're powered by us. Even when we protest that we're not doing it and we swear, I'm not moving it. I'm not moving it. So scientists decided, yo, let's break it down. What is the reason why the Ouija board works? So, of course, you have a bunch of scientists. They're, they're going to try to figure it out. And what better way to figure it out than get some potentially, possibly related demonic, satanic board and figure out how it works. So Ouija boards work on a principle known to those, to those studying the mind for more than 160 years. The idometer effect. In 1852, physician and psychologist William Benjamin Carpenter published a report for the Royal Institution of Great Britain examining these automatic, excuse me, those automatic muscular movements that take place without the conscience. With God dang, automatic muscular movements that take place without the conscious will or or volition of the individual. Think crying in reaction to a sound film, for example. Almost immediately, other researchers saw applications of the ideometer effect in the popular spiritualist pastimes. So from what I got from this article, again, it took me a little bit to read it. And from what I got to that thing is that you have an automatic response that's happening inside of your head or inside of your mind, regardless of if you try not to do it or not. So the the ideometer is, is, is... just something that just voluntarily happens without you trying. So, I mean, so like like the, the example it gave, think crying reaction to a sad film. You see something something sad happening. You don't want to cry, but you automatically start crying. That's just a natural reaction that's built into every human body except for mine. I don't cry in sad films. I don't, I, don't, I hardly ever cry. So when stuff, when automatically stuff happens, what, what this scientist is saying is that when, when he was playing or when people play with a Ouija board, it is just an automatic reaction. Even though you know consciously or you think you know consciously that you are not moving the blanket, your body is still moving it. Just an automatic reaction. Hmm. Interesting. In 1853, chemist and physicist Michael Faraday, intrigued by table turning, conducted a series of experiments that proved to him, though not to most spiritualists, that the table's motion was due to the ideometer actions and of the participants. So whenever you see tables moving, tables turning, or whatever the reason, they, so back then, what it was that everyone would sit down for a seance, and the table would start moving, rocking, and, and, and the table would start turning. So what it's saying is that, or what, he, what the experiment is showing, or his explanation, was that people were involuntarily moving it, it was just a natural reaction of moving the table on its own. And it's the same idea, like I just explained a little bit ago, on, uh, with, the, with the planket and, and the Ouija board. Even though you swear you're not moving it, you're still moving it as an automatic response to your natural body reactions, I'm guessing. I, I, you know, here's the thing, is that I left my, I left my monocle, my physics book, and my laptop in my other bag in Harvard. So I don't have it with me. So a lot of the stuff is, I'm still trying, I'm trying to explain it to the best of my knowledge. So bear with me. (laughs) The effect is very convincing as Dr. Chris French, professor of psychology and anomalistic psychology at Goldsmiths University of London explains, quote, it can generate a very strong impression that the movement is being caused by some outside agency, but it's not, end quote. Other devices, such as dowsing rods or, more recently, the fake bomb detection kits that deceived scores of of international governments and armed services, work on the same principle of non-conscious movement. It's just just an ongoing thing to where you're not doing it, but at the same time you're doing it, but you just don't realize 
that you're actually doing it. He said, quote, the thing about all these mechanisms we're talking about, dowsing tools, Ouija boards, pendulums, these, these small tables, they're all devices whereby a quite small muscular movement can cause quite a large effect, end quote. Blankets in particular are well-suited for their task. Many used to be constructed of a lightweight wooden board and fitted with small casters to help them move more smoothly and freely. Now they're usually plastic and have felt feet, which also help it slide over the board easily. You put something on the table that can slide easily, your body is automatically moving, even though you're consciously not doing it. It's just a natural, involuntary response to what you're doing, to where you want to, you're moving it without moving it. And, and you, that way people can honestly, or that's the reason why people honestly can say, hey, I'm not moving the planket. You are. But in real, in reality, both of you are involuntarily moving. It's just a natural, it's a natural reaction to something that's movable. That's, that's what I'm getting from this. He also said, quote, with Ouija boards, you've got the whole social context. It's usually a group of people and everyone has a slight influence, end, end quote. With Ouija, not only does the individual gain... The, with Ouija, not only does the individual give up some conscious, some consciousness to participate, so it can't be me. People think, but also, hold on, goddamn. So with with Ouija boards, people also give up that that the the consciousness of saying, "Hey, I'm going to participate." That way, it can't believe they can't blame me. It's not going to be me because I know for a fact that I'm not going to move it. People also think in a group, no one person can take credit for the Planket's movements, making it seem like the answers must be coming from an otherworldly source. So whenever you have a group of people, three, two, three, four, five people, you have everyone denying it and at the same time believing that since no one is moving it, you, you, know, you, you supposedly can see the movement going on with the, with the flexing of the muscles and twitches, but you can't because it's an automatic, it's, I mean, it's an involuntary reaction. A lot of people do it in groups to, so they cannot have the blame, and so the blame can can shift focus to someone else. You know, if you could say, "I'm not moving it," "I'm not moving it," "I'm not moving," it. well, if not, if not, if the four of you aren't moving it, who's moving it? Satan. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Or maybe, maybe I'm not. Moreover, in most situations, there there is an exception or suggestion that the board is somehow mystical or magical. Quote once. The idea has been implanted there. There's almost a readiness to happen, end quote. So that means that if you already go into the mind that the, the board is haunted or there's some other out, some out, other worldly, worldly powers, that's exactly what it's going to be. There's not going to be no other explanation. Automatically, something else is moving this. Something else is being powered or something else is powering this blanket. What it is, I don't know, but it's not us. But if Ouija boards can't give us answers from beyond the veil, what can they tell us? Quite a lot, actually. Conscious, unconscious, subconscious, preconscious, preconscious, zombie mind are all the terms that have been or are currently used and all have their supporters and detractors. So what the conscious, unconscious, subconscious, preconscious, and zombie type mind are all actual things that explain the movements and oh not movements but the movements of the of the planket other than otherworldly it's just something that's built into us naturally dr ron resnick professor of psychology and computer science psychology postdoctoral researcher oh sorry dr ron resnick professor of psychology and computer science psychology postdoctoral researcher helene gacho and Dr. Sidney Fells, professor of electrical and computer, computer engineering, began looking at exactly what happens when people sit down to use a Ouija board. Fells says that they got the idea after he hosted a Halloween party with a fortune-telling theme and found himself explaining to several foreign students who had never really seen it before how the Ouija works. Their initial experiments involved a Ouija-playing robot. Participants were told that... Oh, shit. A Ouija-playing robot. Participants were told that they were playing with a person in another room via teleconfer- teleconferencing. 
The robot, they were told, mimicked the movements of other of the other person. In actuality, the robot's movements simply amplified the participant's motion, and the person in the other room was just a ruse, a way to get the participants to think that they weren't in control. Participants were asked a series of yes or no fact-based questions. Is Buenos Aires the capital of Brazil? Were the 2000 Olympic Games held in Sydney? And expected to use the Ouija board to answer. Very interesting. So they pulled a, they duped the person participating. So they were told that someone else was in another room and they're going to have a conference, a phone conference. And we're going to play the Ouija board together. So therefore, you're not the only one who's going to be playing. And so the, the, in reality, it was a one place, a one player game, but con- convincing the one player that someone else was playing with them. So the blame wouldn't be shifted on themselves. Oh, nice. When participants were asked verbally to guess the answers to the best of their ability, they weren't right. They were right only about 50% of the time, a typical result for guessing. But when they answered using the board, believing that the answers were coming from someplace else, they answered correctly upwards of 65% of the time. Quote, it was so dramatic how much better they did on these questions. And if they answered to the best of their ability that we were like, this is just weird. How could, how could they be that much better? End quote, recalled Fells. It was so dramatic, we couldn't believe it. The implication was, Fells explained, that one's non-conscious was a lot smarter than anyone knew. So from what I'm getting from this, from, this, from this little section right here is that anyone who's getting ready to take a big test, take a Ouija board with you and, and take the test with the Ouija board. I'm pretty sure that your instructor was going to give you more than enough time to allow you to use the Ouija board for whatever test you need to do. So when, when they consciously tried to guess, they were only right about 50% of the time, which was, was average. However, when they were using the Ouija board and... When they were using the Ouija board and told that they weren't the only ones playing, the, they accurately guessed 65% higher. Huh. So your, your unconsciousness or your, the, the non-conscious was a lot smarter than anyone knew. How smart is humankind if you can answer questions without realizing you're answering the questions? Hmm. They divined another experiment. This time, rather than a robot, the participant actually played with a real human. At some point, the participant was blindfolded, and the other player, really a confederate, quietly took their hands off the blanket. This meant that the participant believed he or she wasn't alone, enabling the kind of automatic pilot state that researchers were looking for, but still ensuring that the answers could only come from the participant. Dang, now they had someone in front of them, but the other player just said, I'm not playing and decided to take their hand off the blanket, resulting in the same involuntary response that they were already looking for. Huh. Renzik says, some, Renzik says, quote, some people were complaining about how the other person was moving the blanket around. That was a good sign that we, really got the, that we really got this kind of condition, that people were convinced that somebody else was there, end quote. Okay, hold on, wait a minute. Yo, I understand that you're doing a lot of science and researching, but when someone is complaining that they are not moving the blanket and you can, you can visually see and witness that they're not moving it, but that shit is moving. Look, man, I'm not a learned man. However, that just seems kind of fishy to me. Do you think that over time, supernatural forces actually were able to communicate through the Ouija board or is it just... Like the scientists have said, it's an involuntary natural response. I don't, I don't know. I, I, that, that's, I'm, I'm kind of confused on, on exactly how they were to get to, how they came to this, uh, the, the complaining that people were, were moving the blanket when they were the only ones on the blanket. Hmm. Their results replicated the findings of the experiment with the robot that people knew more when they didn't think they were controlling the answers. 50% accuracy for vocal responses to 65% for Ouija responses. They reported their findings in February 2012 
issue, the two, uh, February 2012's issue of Conscious and Cognition. Jesus Christmas, that's 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 really trippy right there. That y- your responses can go up to 65% when using the Ouija board, but when you're not using the Ouija board, it stays at 50%, or it's around. I shouldn't say it stays, but it's around an average of 50%. But is it involuntarily? It's an involuntary involuntary reaction that causes you to move stuff around and accurately think of the questions. Huh. Graveyard Grumbler's final wrap. Let's wrap this episode up because there is not much information other than like 16,000 pages of scientific research. And I'm not going to read 16,000 pages on our, on this podcast. We'll be here for days and days and days. So Graveyard Grumbler final wrap. How did the Ouija board get its name? That's what I want to know. So when I was looking around, one of my main reasons, one of my main reasons for doing this, this show was, yo, how did the Ouija board even come about? I mean, uh, we understand that it was no one, no one really knows how, where and how it was created. We just know that it was commercialized by Hasbro and his group and his and his crew, whatever, and marketed to make it was a money grab. So Hasbro and his team decided to to dip into the unknown and into the kind of like the weird rejects of of the world at the time, the, the spiritualist and and other people in that sort of of genre. So when they did that, they didn't realize that hey, we're gonna blow this up. So it, it, I mean, all in all, it was legitimately a money grab by Hasbro and his team to make more money. I mean, that's, that's one of the things they came they approached it from a business aspect, but where did the name Ouija come from? According to reports, a lot of, a lot of the, the, the Ouija board isn't the original name. There wasn't really a name for the Ouija board until I'll tell you <laughs> the Ouija board had, did not have a name yet. The Kennard talking board lacked a name. Contrary to popular belief, quote, Ouija is not a combination of the French word for yes, we, and the German word, ja, or for the German word, ja, which means yes, I'm guessing, I don't know. Merch says, based on his research, it was Bond's sister-in-law, Helen Peters, who was, Bond said, a strong medium, who supplied the now- Instantly recognizable handle. Sitting around the table, they asked the board what they should call it. The name Ouija came through. And when they asked what that meant, the board replied, quote, good luck, end quote. Eerie and cryptic, cryptic, but not, but for the fact that Peters acknowledged that she was wearing a locket bearing the picture of a woman, the name Ouija, above her head. That's a story that emerged from the Ouija board's founder's letters. It's very possible that the woman in the locket was famous author and popular women's rights activist Ouija, whom Peters admired, and that Ouija, or Ouija, was just a misreading of that. So it was the name was given by 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 someone's sister-in-law, who was quote a strong medium, and was able to interact with the spiritual world beyond and and come out with with the name that that's out now with, with you know, Ouija. So. That still doesn't answer a lot of questions. That still doesn't answer a lot of questions. A lot of questions are still unanswered. There's no origin of the actual board being created by a certain group, class, individual, or time. The board came out in the 1800s for a money grab to hit the 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 genre or the niche of spiritualism, kind of wrapped in with early Christianity around that time. Not early Christianity. I'm not talking about right when Jesus was around Christianity, nor was I talking about the the uh, the Knights of the Round Table Christianity. I'm talking about the, the 1800s, 1900s Christianity, where back then before everything was demonized, they were actually, as you, as you, as you heard, they went hand in hand. I mean, you had some people who did seances and they went to church the next day, chilling and drinking, drinking uh, God, Jesus' blood and eating his body. I, I'm still not sure about the Ouija board. I mean, n- reading this makes it a little less evil, in my opinion, but I still have that little eh, in the back of my head where I still don't want to mess with it. <laughs> it it's, it's, kind of, it's one of those trippy things. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure that it's all in my head. I mean, I, I, I've had uh, Sarah from Toronto actually mention to me that, that she played the Ouija board and nothing happened. She was disappointed, unfortunately, that, I mean, I don't know, unfortunately or fortunately that nothing happened. She was, you know, Sarah from Toronto was actually the one who referred, again, that mentioned, suggested this this uh, this episode. 
I'm not going to lie. I went into this episode thinking I was going to find the most evil, sadistic shit ever to happen. I mean, I was talking about it. We're, we're human sacrificing. The first Ouija board was made out of skull and bones. And the planket was someone's fingers and hands shaped and carved into such, such a, a design. But no one knows how it was even created. And then all the scientific stuff came in. I was like, oh, man, that, that kind of hurt my heart. But it's still interesting, though. It still doesn't explain a lot of things. It doesn't explain our, is the ideometer or the, or the automatic response, is that is that an actual thing? Or are there still certain powers controlling and, and aiding you in, in the playing of this game and answering you when, when you ask? Huh. I don't know. You be the judge. Sarah from Toronto, thank you very much for the episode suggestion. You actually helped me learn a lot about this board. I, I didn't know nearly a quarter of everything that was on in this board. I appreciate it very much as always. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're going to wrap this episode up. Well, so before we wrap this episode up, no, I'm not going to play the Ouija board. I'm not even going to take the chance. Again, it, I, I blame my Catholic upbringing it, just for that. It's still stuck in the back of my head like glue. Or like a tick on a dog. It's just right in the back of my head. It's like, yo, don't play this. It's all bad. <laughs> so I'm probably not going to play the game. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for tuning in. As always, thank you to my, my listeners. I appreciate your continuing support. My new listeners, I appreciate the new people. Thank you very, very much. Hopefully you stick around and share this show with everyone you like. Or even if you don't like them, share it to them anyway. <laughs> uh announcements there's no new announcements still the same thing if you're interested in getting some extra content like some spooky stories i'm working on some stuff well actually spooky stories are going to be released in the next couple days for the patreon and i'm working on a a weird episode that takes some time to build i'm hoping to have that released i don't have a release date yet because i work a lot of hours so it kind of takes me a little extra to to get extra episodes done other than that the Patreon link will be in the show notes. As always, you can just look me up on Patreon for uh, Tino Romero or Graveyard Grumbler podcast or just Graveyard Grumbler. I think it's just Tino Romero, actually. Just look up Tino Romero. I'll just leave it in the show notes. Other than that, there is nothing else. New episode. Oh, my gosh. I have a string of episodes that I'm going to be releasing in the next few weeks. Actually, next week is going to be a badass episode, and I cannot wait to release it. I'm so excited for this episode. So. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I appreciate your support. I always do. Uh, please continue to listen. Please share my response. My response. Please share my show with everyone you know. And as always, good morning, good day, good night, goodbye. This is the end. This is the end. This is the end. Beautiful friend. Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. Grumbler.